Oh, God, right? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing right now. Everything that you've done in this place this morning, God, we give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. We thank you, Jesus, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You healed yesterday, you healed today, and you will heal tomorrow. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. We give you glory and honor in this place. Amen, amen, amen. I think John's got a good word for us this morning. Love you, John. Love you too, my brother. All right. That was that was good. If you can't preach after that, you probably shouldn't preach, right? <laughs> Even if you didn't have a good message, you just you got one now. <laughs> oh wow, thank you all. Thank you, leaders, elders. Those who've gone before in the faith for giving encouraging words and uh, thank you all for coming up to pray. I love seeing everybody everybody up here praying. You know that's you know you don't have to you don't have a t- have to have a title or uh, you know be be somebody special. I mean you are somebody special, right, Ronnie? You are somebody special uh, just because Jesus has made you special. But anybody can pray. Uh, that's that's the good news. Anybody can pray. <laughs> Even people who don't know God, they can pray. Guess what? God might hear their prayer. I mean, he he, he cries out. It's like, look, I want you to turn to me. Anybody turning to the Lord, they can pray. So it was so awesome to see y'all, see young people up here. I'll love it. So so good. Uh, if you want to open your Bibles, we are gonna we'll go into the Word here for a few minutes here. Uh, we're gonna be we're gonna go to the Book of Philippians. And so we are actually going to pick up this morning where we left off in Philippians in November. Uh, if you have not been with us for a while, then uh, we, we took a pause and did some different things in Christmas and all those things. And, um, but as I was seeking the Lord, uh, I kind of went back to Philippians and, and it really was like, felt a, totally right on for starting a year, you know, continuing to start this year. And so uh, we are in chapter 3 and verse 12. So if you want to turn to Philippians 3 and verse 12, that's that's where we're going to be at this morning. Um, it, it's been so long since we were in Philippians. Uh, we are we are going to finish it. So if some people thought, hey, did David just forget? Uh did he forget about that? No, didn't forget. I was just kind of waiting for the right time to get going again. And this, this section really, really is so powerful. So I want us to read, uh, let's actually read the last uh, verses there, in, starting in verse 7. Because this is Paul just talking about his, his pursuit of God, his relationship with the Lord and what it was like. And you have to hear, hear the heart of what he was crying out for. Um, so verse 7, Holy Spirit, open the word as we read it. It says, but whatever, this is not on the screen, so you're going to have to look in your Bible. So I did not put this on the screen, um, unless they go back and find the old one. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. 
I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law or following the rules, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. So that's, that's where we've been. So I just wanted to give you the context of, hey, this is what Paul has been talking about. And I, I'm going to start preaching first. So uh, before we read the, the scripture for today. But think about this. Sometimes in our relationship with God, we make it about something other than knowing Jesus Christ. I mean... It's so it's it's in our culture, right? We just want to we just want to find something to get rid of the pain, to to get rid of, you know, to get me through a hard situation or maybe I need some blessing in my life. But if my relationship with God is even to get away from pain or to get something from him, that's all there is. I'm missing out. Because the goal of a relationship with God is to know him, to know Jesus Christ better and better and better each and every day. And so Paul is crying out. And so we may have to repent. We may have to change and say, God, I was just seeking you for what you could give me. Rather than seeking you for just you. I want to know Christ. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to share in the fellowship of his suffering. Because I get to know Jesus. Paul says, I've, I've, everything else doesn't matter. If I don't get that, then I've missed it all. If I have a nice family, if I have a good job, if I save up my money and do Dave Ramsey and get a good retirement, none of that matters if I don't know Jesus Christ. If I give myself for, you know, if I don't have love. I mean, th- think of the scripture in 1 Corinthians 13. I can gain all this stuff. I can have spiritual gifts. I can pray for people and see amazing things happen. But if I don't know Jesus, I missed it. That has to be my goal. That has to be my aim. That's, that's what this life is about. So sometimes we may have to just have a little subtle, you know, change of perspective to say, am I just... Trying to be a good person? Am I just trying to live a good life? Am I trying to get through this hard time? Or am I wanting to know Jesus? So then Paul goes on. Here's today's scripture. Verse 12. Not that I've already attained, obtained all of this. Or have already arrived at my goal. But I press on. How many of you need to press on today? <laughs> I need to press on. You know, the, the picture here is he's, you know, he talks about like running a race. I mean, in prizes and all this stuff, it's 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 a, the imagery that's being used. He's thinking of, the, you know, the Olympic Games in Greece. You know, it's like all this stuff is going on. It's like runners would run and they would obtain a prize. He's saying, look, I press on. When I'm getting tired, I press on. When I'm feeling kind of confused, I press on. When I've got doubts swirling around in my head, I press on. When I don't know what's going on, I still press on to know Jesus. So I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. 
Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining or pressing toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if some of And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before, and I now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach their desires, their belly, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. I mean, isn't that awesome? Oh, I was supposed to read verse 4.1. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Stand firm. That's a word right now that God's telling the church. Stand firm. Get to know Jesus and stand firm. Don't get all caught up in all the other stuff that's going on. Be connected to Jesus and what He is doing right now. The mission is still the same. The mission is still the same. To know God and make Him known. To know Jesus and make Him known. To spread the news of the good news of Jesus to other people. I mean, Paul right here, he says... He says, I am, I am broken up. I am brought to tears because people don't know him. They're not trying to battle. Those, he's not trying to battle those people who don't know him. He's not trying to get them to, you know, hey, start acting better. No, he's saying, look, I, I'm broken because they don't know him. And the only thing that's going to change them is they have to get to know Jesus. I could get off in somewhere I shouldn't. I'm not going to. <laughs> my wife is in here today so i want us to go back <laughs> to the very start it says in verse 12 not that i've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal but i press on to take hold of that for which christ jesus took hold of me here's a truth i want you to know that jesus took hold of your life that's good news Because even if I'm not holding on, somebody else is holding on to me. It's so, I mean, Paul uses this, it's it's a wordplay, it's a really confusing sentence in Greek. It doesn't, it's like a, it's almost like an expression, you know, like when you tell, when you try to tell a joke to someone who doesn't have English as a first language, you know how they like, they go, oh, what? It's like when we travel to Poland or we travel to Honduras sometimes, and you, you try to use an expression, and you try to translate, it just doesn't translate, because it's like, 
That doesn't mean anything. And so Paul uses a couple of these here. But he's like, the, the language he says, and we get it from the context, is this, that Jesus grabbed hold of me. He, Jesus seized me. That's the word. It's like seized. He grabbed, he, he intently and strongly grabbed hold of my life. My wife thought I was going to hurt her or something there. <laughs> she didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what was going to happen either. So, um, but isn't that amazing? That if you're a believer in Jesus, if, you've given, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, He has a hold of you. That's good news because when something else is going on, when there's craziness going on all around you, when you've got stuff in your family, when you're... When your workplace is going crazy, when, you know, when there's sickness all over the place, it's like, hey, Jesus has a hold of my life. Jesus is holding on to me. And I am going to take hold because I am confident that he's holding me. Now I can take hold of him. I don't have to go find him. I don't have to do some, do some religious ritual. I don't have to perform the right way. I just say, look, you've got me. I'm going to hold on to you. It's like hugging back. You ever try to hug somebody and they don't hug back? <laughs> hey, how you doing? Whoa. Like, oh, you don't, you don't, you don't like to touch people. That's okay. Uh, that's that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You can still go to heaven. Okay. <laughs> Barely, no. Um, but it doesn't matter if you're holding on to him. He's still going to hold on to you. So even if you're not hugging back, he's like, look, I got you. I'm going I'm to hug you till you get it. Maybe that's what we need sometimes. Is we just need Jesus to hold us till we get it. It's like, I'm going to hold on to you in the middle of this thing. And I'm going I'm I'm to hold on to you. And then you're going you're gonna to get it. And finally, you're going to go, oh, yeah. This is what I wanted. This is what I need. This is who I want. This is who I need. It's you. Even though we know it in our head, and we know it partly in our heart, there's still, Paul is saying, look, I haven't obtained all this. I mean, if the Apostle Paul, just like Dave said, Jesus had to pray a couple times. If Jesus had to pray twice, it, man, I might need to pray three, four, five, six times, or whatever, I'm going to keep praying. But the Apostle Paul, this guy who knew Jesus so well, he had an encounter with him on the road. He's, his life has been totally transformed. He has left everything to follow him. He says, look, I haven't got it all yet. I haven't totally obtained all of this. But I'm going to press on to get to know Jesus better. I'm going to get to know Christ Jesus, my Lord, better and better. Then he says this important word. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. This is one of the keys right here, is you have to forget what's behind. Because your past will always try to hold you back and destroy your present and your future. The word here behind is like, is like right behind you. It's like, the, the two words here are like, I don't look what's right behind me, but I look what's right in front of me. You know, in 1954, the four-minute mile barrier was broken. Anybody remember that? (laughs) 
Okay, if it just means you were around it possibly, or you you're really into history of of running or something. Um, so there were two guys that were in the lead. One's name was John Landy, and the other was Roger Bannister. And John Landy was he was great first name by the way. Um, he was he was running a, the most amazing race of his life, and he was the front runner for the whole race. And as he's coming around the home stretch, you know what he did? He looked back. He turned behind him. I don't know which direction it was um, because I didn't see it. (laughs) So he looked behind him and Roger Bannister, guess what? He wasn't behind him because he was going the other way, the other side, and went right around him and won the race and broke the record, you know, forever is in the record books as the first one to break a four-minute mile. Think about it like that. That I am not going to look behind me because what's behind me doesn't matter. The one in front of me matters. Paul says, what is in front of me? In front of me is Jesus and heaven. So I'm going to press on. I'm going to not, I'm going to forget what's behind Maybe I didn't perform well last year. Maybe last year was a horrible year. I don't, it doesn't matter. Maybe last week was a horrible week. Maybe yesterday was a horrible day. Guess what? But today, I am forgetting what is behind, and I'm going to press on to know Jesus more today. It's about what I'm doing today. What are you going to do with Jesus today? If I do the today, guess what? I get there in a year. You know, many people make, you know, New Year's resolutions, right? And the joke, we all know the joke, right? It's like, what is a New Year's resolution? The thing you think about for the first week of the year, right? Because <laughs> most people just, they don't finish them. They either, you know, they set unrealistic goals. You know, I'm going to run a four-minute mile in two weeks, you know, or or whatever. By the end of the year, probably ever, maybe. I don't <laughs> Whatever the goal is, and then we we find out, oh, that that was way harder than I thought it was going to be, and so uh, I'm just you just well let's let's just do something else, you know. I mean, how many people have said I'm going to read the Bible through in the year, and they've they've read Genesis like 25 times, <laughs> right? <laughs> Somebody said I'm not I'm not starting in Genesis. I just remember Edie that used to work for us, our 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 dear bookkeeper and friend and. Uh, she says, I'm not, gonna, I'm not starting with Genesis this year. <laughs> I've read that a bunch of times. <laughs> I'm starting somewhere else. Said, well, let's, you know, start in Zephaniah or something. I don't know. You know, start, pick up something different. But because we, do, we, don't, we don't finish. But it's a lot easier to finish if you just take it step by step. What are you going to do today? Today, I'm going to live my life and get to know Jesus better. I'm going to let tomorrow worry about itself. So many of us, get, we get too caught up in all the stuff that's going on. It's like kind of like we're, you know, we're either too worried to, to press on, so we're just stuck. You know, you get in that place where your Dave was talking about where, you know, fear just paralyzes. Oh, that was that was Felicia, whoever. Um, somebody said that. And so, you know, what does fear do? It makes you stop, right? It just makes you not go anywhere. And so it's, you know, those two things. It's like you're stuck in fear or you're, 
or you're looking behind you. It's hard to run. I mean, there's only so far you can run where you can look behind, right? You can't, you're going you're gonna to go off track. You're going to find yourself, you know, you tend to go where your head's, head's looking. <laughs> so if you're going to look behind, guess what? You're probably going to turn around. So many people get caught up in their past that they end up just circling back to their past. You can forget what's behind. If Jesus chose to forgive you, he chose to forgive you. And guess what? You can forgive yourself and forget it. Say, I'm going I'm to get to know Jesus this year. He says, I press on for the prize. Press on toward the goal to win the prize. What's the prize? It's him. Right? That's what the prize is. The prize is not heaven. I mean, see, that's where we've sold ourselves short sometimes with the preaching in the, you know, the modern preaching, we'll just say it that way, maybe even the Western culture is like, we make it all about, don't you just want to get into heaven? Well, yeah, I want to get into heaven, but if you get into heaven and it's not Jesus, then it's not heaven. Heaven's heaven because Jesus is there. I mean, I can go to a, a paradise on earth and sit on the beach somewhere. It's, ama- it's fun. It's awesome. But I don't want to be in a permanent beach forever if Jesus is not there. As amazing as the beach is, my dear. <laughs> the prize is him for which God has called me upward in Christ Jesus. It says heavenward, but it's really just up. So we're going up. The life of a follower of Jesus is up. Glory to glory. So be encouraged. Sometimes we put this out there as like, it's almost like a, a thing you have to perform on your own. Just We got to put everything in order. Look, he's holding on to me so I can make it. It's not that I'm amazing in myself. No, it's because Jesus is there. And he says, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow you and empower you to do something beyond yourself. So Paul says, all of us who are mature, or the word there is like uh, completion. In some parts of the Bible, it actually says perfection. Uh, it doesn't mean being perfect, like not having anything wrong with you. It just means completed. All of us who are should take such a view of things, and if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. <laughs> don't you just love that? Paul just says, if you don't think that, guess what? God's going to, he's going to straighten you out. <laughs> Only let us live up to what we've already attained. I mean, all God is asking you to do is, is, Take what you've been given and do it and live it. You know, don't, don't try to become somebody else or so, someone else in their walk with God where you, you know, you look at them like, oh, man, I just wish I could. Let's just use Dave since he's on the front row. Some people like to call him Super Dave, right? And so that just because they love him so much, they'll, oh, Dave, all this, Dave, all this. And, hey, well, you don't have to be Dave. You, what is God giving you? That he's, that he's put in your hands right now. He's holding on to you and said, this is, this is you right now. Just do that. 
You just do that. You just do you right now. Because I, I, I don't need a bunch of Daves. As amazing as Dave is. We don't need a bunch of Johns. We even don't need a bunch of Ashleys. Although that would be pretty cool. But um, <laughs> in some ways. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop it. Yep. What does the next verse say? <laughs> but live, live. What, what is God giving you right now? What is he saying to you right now? Let's just, let's just live that out. Don't try to, you know, don't try to run the four-minute mile right away. I mean, those guys didn't run a four-minute mile, just decide like, hey, I'm going to run a mile this week, and hopefully it's going to get under four minutes. I mean, some of us would just love to run like 100 feet, right, in four minutes. Right? <laughs> The older you get, you just, if you could actually still run, you're like, oh, I can still run. So that's, that's like, it doesn't even matter how far you run. It's like, I actually can run. So I can still run. So um, what is he giving you right now? What is he placed in your hands right now? Go ahead, just, just take care of that right now. He said, right now you're, you're just being a, a good brother. Right now you're being a good son or a daughter. Right now you're being a, a good Husband, right now you're being a good single man or single woman. What is what is he placed in front of you? And says, here's here's what I want you to do. And then he closes with this kind of section that's very interesting. He says, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, just as you have us as a model. Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. As I kind of mentioned this before, but notice Paul's part towards those who don't know the Lord is not judgment, it's grief. And we have to be careful that we don't move into a place of judgment and miss the heart of God for a, a lost and dying world. Jesus was always moved by compassion. It says he looked out and he had compassion on them. He didn't say, oh, I can't believe they're doing that stuff. You know, usually, usually it's, it's a lot of times, I'll just say it this way, many times we end up Judging the younger generation because of how they're behaving, right? There's a few younger people here. You may have felt that from, you know, older generations. We just, we said we weren't going to do it when we were young, too. (laughs) When we were your age, we're like, oh, I can't believe they do that. And so I don't want to sit in judgment of someone, whether they're old or young, however they're behaving. I want to say, Lord, what's your heart for them? If they're living as an enemy of Jesus, then my job isn't to judge them and try to force them into the kingdom. My job is to say, how can I love you? How can my heart be broken for you so that you can see love? He says their their God is their belly or their stomach. You know, when you don't know the Lord, you just you just go with whatever you want, right? 
I mean, whatever feels good is, is what you're going for. So that's how people are living life. Uh, but I have to be careful that I don't just, you know, add a little Jesus and live the same way, right? That I, I mean, I just throw in Jesus, but it's really all I'm doing is living for just what I want. This is where, this is where the fasting plug comes in right here. Man, you want to know a way to, to decrease your fleshly desires? Fast. Intentionally say, I'm going to set something aside that I want. Not that I don't want. I, I fast coffee all the time. <laughs> I've been fasting it almost my entire life. It's amazing. Total freedom. <laughs> so... It doesn't mean anything if I say, I'm not going to drink coffee for the next 21 days. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I'm hopefully not going to drink coffee for the next 21 centuries. <clears throat> but there's something that I, I would want, maybe. And it's like, okay, I'm going to set that aside. Because why? My flesh wants it. That's why... Most commonly, fasting has to do with food, because guess what? We all like food. Anybody, anybody not, who doesn't like food here? Is there anybody that says, I don't like any food? I just, I just don't even like to eat. I mean, okay, when you're a kid, good point. Sometimes when you're a kid, you're like, just, anyway, that's a whole different even kids like to eat something. If it's just gummy bears, they're like, I like to eat gummy bears. <laughs> Nasty. Okay. <laughs> but when you set something aside that your body wants, it could be, I mean, your mind is part of your body, so it could be something that you go to in your mind, or it might actually be, you know, physical, like food or whatever it is. You're like, I eat chocolate every day at lunch or whatever. You know, I'm not going to eat chocolate for 21 days. Just be, be happy, because Pastor Jack Hafer, God told him never to eat chocolate his whole life. Told him when he was going into the ministry, he said, guess what? No alcohol and no chocolate. It's kind of like, wait a second, okay. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> he doesn't know why, but he, he said, look, I'm... I'm not living for my flesh. I'm not living for just what my body desires. And so fasting helps you do that. So like if you've never done that before, just as my wife was saying, that's a great way to tell your flesh that the Holy Spirit is in charge of your life. So pray about it, consider it. See what God would have you give up. But our citizenship is in heaven. That's good news right there. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. It's just a good reminder. I'm a citizen of heaven. If I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm not a citizen first of the United States, I'm not a member of Living Way Foursquare Church. I'm not, my, I'm not first Mr. Wymore of the Wymore family, of the Wymore clan. Those who were called fam battle famous, that's what, that's what Wymore means. Battle famous. 
you know, the, the huge size of the Wymores. <laughs> it was like you survived. That was famous. Like you somehow didn't die. How did you not die? <laughs> anyway, my dad was joking about that. He's like, I'm not sure how we got that name, but maybe we were, maybe we were the same size back then. Everybody was smaller. You know how they used to be smaller? It's like 5'9 was like, get off of me. 5'9. <laughs> okay, so... But I'm not, first of all, Wymore. I'm not, first of all, married to Ashley. I'm not, first of all, a dad. I am, I am first of all, a citizen of heaven. That my citizenship is in heaven. Just remember that when you get all too frustrated with our country right now. Sometimes we just need to be reminded, this is my country. In heaven, there's a perfect president. <laughs> There's a perfect Congress. There's a, anyway, perfect laws. Everything's perfect, right? That's where you're a citizen of. Doesn't mean we shouldn't vote. Don't hear me say all that stuff. Anyway, I'm not trying to go off track here. But I am trying to say I want to have my security and my peace and my joy rest in the fact that I am a citizen of heaven. That I belong to Jesus. That he belongs to me. And that's who I represent. I don't represent my my employer first. I represent Jesus Christ first. When someone looks at me, that's who they're going to notice, think Jesus looks like. Scary thought, right? That some people are going to look at Michael Walker and say, that's the Jesus I see. But the good news is, He's got a hold of you. And he says, I'm going to fill you. And I'm going to change you. And I'm going to transform you. And I'm going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to enable you and empower you so that you begin to look like me. And the more you get to know me, the more you'll look like me. The better you get to know someone, the more you act like them. Have you noticed that? The people you hang around with, you know, all my kids do some of the things I do. Just because they, they know me and they hang around with me. When you, my wife and I say some of the same things. I pick up some of the things she says. Maybe she picks up some of the things I say, unfortunately. But when you hang around with Jesus and you get to know him, guess what? You start thinking like him. You start talking like him. You start having emotions like him. You start seeing the world like him. And then, guess what? You're living as what? A citizen of heaven. Because where's Jesus? He's in heaven, waiting for all his enemies to be put under his feet and waiting to bring full salvation to the world. So, be reminded that we are a citizen of heaven. But I really feel like God is highlighting this one thing. I mean, he's been highlighting a lot of stuff today. But if there's something you need to forget, let's just, let's just leave it here today. So anybody says, I just, I just need to... You know, it's, it's just, it's right there. It's right behind me. It's always kind of there. But today I'm just saying, you know what? I'm going to forget that. I'm just, I'm just going to leave that here with the Lord. And I'm going to press on to what's ahead of me. So if that's you just right now, just kind of just open yourself up to the Lord. Whatever that means. Maybe put your hand on your heart. Put your hands up. Maybe it's just bowing your head. Whatever response you want to make to God that says, I'm just open right now. Lord, I am declaring that we are forgetting what is behind. 
we are severing the hold that the past has over my present mindset, my present well-being, my present health in mental health and physical health. I am choosing to forget what is behind, and we are right now pressing on to what is ahead. I just thank you for hope being stirred in, in hearts today. Thank you, Lord, that we're not going to look back except to your faithfulness. We're not going to look back except to your goodness, except to the testimony of of the Lord, what you've done in my life to bring me freedom. That's the only thing I need to look back on. So we forget what is behind. So right now we we just lay those things aside. Just whatever that is, just give that to the Lord right now. Whatever that situation is, behavior, stronghold, addiction, whatever it is, right now we're just, it's left behind under the blood of Jesus, under the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for moving in our hearts today. Thank you, Lord. Leaders, come on up. If you're a leader that's, that's praying today, that's able to pray today, come on up. If you still need prayer for any reason, we did a lot of prayer already, and you're, if you're all good, praise the Lord. We, we, we are happy about that. But if you've never given your heart to Jesus, I encourage you today to make a response to Him, to say, Jesus, I'm going to make you my Lord and my Savior today. Come up and talk to one of these people uh, before you go. Um, but you are dismissed. And if you want to talk about home group, talk to this couple right here, Michael and Elizabeth, and they're going to be having home group tonight. So come get prayer if you need prayer still. And if not, be blessed and we will see you tonight or on Wednesday.